morning, church. Today. Okay. <laughs> um, so today I will be singing and playing Joshua Pop of Aaron Okay, um, today, oh no. Okay, <laughs> um, so today I will be singing and playing Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho. I've always loved that song. Our scripture reading this morning is from John chapter 12, verses 35 and 36. And I am reading from the New King's James Version. John 12, 35 and 36. Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, and you may become sons of light. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. Morning, church. I don't know about you, but I could use a little prayer. So let's pray, shall we? Dear Lord, as I break the bread of life to your people, I pray, Lord, 
that it would not be my words that they hear, but your words. We are saved by your words, Lord, and not the words of the pastor or preacher. So, Lord, I pray that you would use my lips of clay to communicate a message from you to them. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Well, for those of you who were here last week, and for those of you who weren't, last week I preached on the judgment. And there were some pretty, you know, scary texts there that we talked about. But we discovered that we had an advocate, and that was Jesus. So once we have that knowledge, once we know that truth, that there is a judgment taking place, and that we have an advocate, how are we supposed to live according to that? You see, that is that we take the judgment into consideration in the grand scheme of things. How many of you are big picture people? I'll say it in a fancy way, the grande mosaic. Okay, You like the big picture. I know there are some, some that, that like the big picture and some that like the little details. I'm I'm not the, the little detail person. I'm the, I'm the big picture person. And so we have to take all of the scriptures into consideration in the light of the great controversy. And this morning, this morning we're going to examine and see what the Bible has to say about walking and living in the light. So our first text that I'd like to ask you to turn to was one that we used last week. 1 John, 1 John chapter 1. And we'll begin with verse 7. 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 7. But if we walk in the light... You know, I don't know if I've told you this, but there are times that I don't like the buts and ifs in the Bible. This is one of them. I wish it just said when or how you walk in the light, but it says if you walk in the light. That little two-letter word is a sticking point. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, listen, we have fellowship with one Another. How many of you would like better unity in the church? How would you like to feel closer to your brothers and sisters in the church? You know, that's what separates us from the rest of the world, my friends. Jesus tells us elsewhere, and we won't turn there just now, that they will know that you are mine by your great love one for another. Jesus tells us here, if we walk in the light that God gives us, we will have close fellowship with one another. You know, it's interesting that we have communion today because that's what that service is all about. It's about bringing us together, not only with God, but with each other. Then he goes on to say, And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. How much? All sin. And whose blood is it? It's the Son of God, my friend. It's not your brother's blood. We shouldn't be seeking that, right? It's not not the guy down the street. It's not some good person. 
It is the blood of Jesus Christ in him alone that cleanses us from all of our sins. Then in verse 8 he says, And if we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. You see, salvation is about the righteousness of Christ and not our self-righteousness. Elsewhere in scriptures, the Bible tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags. And without getting too vivid, that's not a good thing. So we should not be seeking after our own righteousness, but we should desire the righteousness of Christ. And then, 1 John 1, 9, a text I, I believe that every Christian should have memorized. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins or unrighteousness. Right? If we confess, he is faithful and just or righteous. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that we serve a God who is more faithful to us than we are to him? Maybe I'm alone there. I don't know about you, but there are times in my Christian experience that my my experience wanes and it waxes. It's close, I'm close, and I'm, then there are other times that I feel I'm, I'm far away from the Lord. I ha, it, he has not drifted away from me, has he? No, it's me that has drifted away from him. And, and every so often, God has to remind us that we need to draw close to him. He is the path of salvation for us. So is that it? Is that all we need to do? Or is there more? Let's go to John chapter 12, where we had our scripture reading this morning. John chapter 12. As I started out saying in the beginning, when in the prayer, we're seeking God's voice. We're seeking his message. And he says here in verse 35, this is John, the beloved writing, he says, So Jesus said to them, the authority is coming from Christ himself. He says, For Jesus said to them, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light. Walk while you have the light. Have any of you ever been backpacking before? Just, just me? <laughs> My wife and I used to love to go backpacking. And it's so much easier to backpack in the light. One, it is. I mean, it's just a, it's just a fact. Uh, my wife and I, we went, and we were, we were going to go for the weekend in a place called Minister Creek. Isn't that ironic? This was before I, way before I was ever a pastor or even thought about being one. And we got off later than we wanted to, and we left later than we wanted to. And as a result, when we got to the place that we were going to hike in from, 
it was starting to get dark. And I don't know if you've ever been in a forest at night, but it's coal mine dark. And if it wasn't for our flashlights, we certainly would have never found our way. By the way, that trail that we had been on many times before looked so much different in the dark. We had enough light just to see our path. So here, John tells us to walk in the light while we have the light. Why, John? Why do we have to do that? So the darkness will not overtake you. I don't know about you, but I've been paying attention to current events. And over the span of my lifetime, it seems that the world is getting darker and darker and darker. Have you noticed that? Or is it just me? You know, I can't help but think about a story that Ellen White told about t- being taken to, to heaven in vision. I don't know if any of you remember that account, but she was taken to heaven in vision, and she was shown heaven. And she marveled at how spectacular and bright and beautiful everything was. And at the end of her tour, and I'm paraphrasing all of this, by the way, at the end of her tour of heaven, she was told that her time had not come yet, and she had to return to earth. You know, she objected to that. (laughs) After having been shown heaven, she didn't want to come back here. And it goes on to say that she came back, and when she did, she commented about how dark this world is. And I don't think it's gotten any brighter since then. In fact, I think it's gotten a lot darker. But there's hope. God has given us a light. He says, he who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. I wasn't born and raised a Christian or an Adventist. And so as I grew and developed and matured and went out on my own, I found myself stumbling around in the world aimlessly. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's not a good feeling. I had no direction in life. There was nothing guiding me except my own desires. It's not a good thing. And there are plenty of people, my friends, today that find themselves in that same place. And they try, they try many, many different things like I did to find a purpose in life. Why am I here? That's one of the fundamental questions that, that humans ask. Why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Well, for us as believers, God gives us that purpose. He gives us that direction. And then, he, then John goes on in verse 36 to say, while you have the light, believe in the light. Believe in the light.
You know, it's not just enough to, to read this book and hear the words presented in it. God is calling us to a deeper experience. I wish I had more time this morning. He's calling us to an experience in which we trust him with a deep, passionate trust and love. And John is telling us that it's not just enough to hear, but we must believe. So that you may become sons of light. And not sons of darkness, my friends. You know, there's only two sides. There's only two sides that you can be on. There's no Switzerland in this conflict. There's no neutral territory for you to stand on. You're either for God or you are against God. And regardless of what you may believe about God, whether he exists or he doesn't, is irregardless of the fact that there's only two sides that we can be on. So I'd like to take you to Psalms. This is, this is probably one of, the, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Psalms 119, verse 105. Psalm 119, verse 105. The psalmist writes here, he says, Your word, your what? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You know, when I first became a believer, I had people tell me, well, all the answers that you need to any question that you could ever ask in this life is in this book. And I thought, ah, come on. Really? And the longer I've read this and the more I study it, I find that statement to be true. You know, there's some questions that we don't really need to ask. But all the desires and yearnings of your heart, the emptiness and the loneliness of this life, all of it can be given a purpose. Even in hardship and strife, there's a purpose. You see, I don't believe in luck or happenstance or chance. I believe everything, good and bad, happens for a divine purpose. We may not know that purpose now in this life, but one day it will be revealed to us. Let's turn just the page, and I want to go to verse 130. Psalm 119, verse 130. Here the psalmist writes this, the unfolding, and that word is the Hebrew word ephatha, ephatha, which means opening or entrance. The unfolding, the opening, the entrance of your word gives light. Have you opened the entrance of your heart to the light 
that God has for you? Because, my friends, that's the difference. That's the difference for us. God's word is not just an intellectual pursuit, my friends. Until these words take an 18-inch journey from our minds to our hearts, we're not truly converted. And did you know that that's the greatest need in the church today? Is to have individuals that are truly converted? That's our greatest need today. And then I'm glad that this part is in here. It says, it gives understanding to the simple. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt, well, I don't really, I can't understand this. How can I possibly understand this book? Well, there's hope, even for the simple of us, simplest of us. That God's light can enter into us. And it can transform us and change us. Well, we're here in the Old Testament. Let's go to the book of Proverbs, shall we? Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18. Proverbs 4, verse 18. The scriptures say, But the path of the righteous is like the the light of dawn. What is righteousness, my friends? What is righteousness? Righteousness is right living and right doing. I'm sure, like me, you have felt there have been times in your life that you haven't lived righteously. Amen? Or am I by myself there? I mean, I know the Lord calls you saints. All of us, I believe, have stumbled at one time or another. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. You know, what God teaches us here is that when we first become believers, our relationship is very broad, but not very deep. I mean, think about it. My wife and I have been married for 28 years. I think our love has gotten stronger from when we got married until today. And I think that's the way it works in relationships. The longer you're in a love relationship with somebody, the deeper that love and commitment becomes. At least it should. So as we enter into this relationship with Jesus Christ, he's promising to us here that his light will shine even into the darkest recesses of our lives. And it will become brighter and brighter for us. You know, the Bible tells us that when Christ comes back, the wicked will be destroyed by his brightness of his coming. How many of you have ever been in a really dark place before and then went out into the light? How does that feel? 
You go from a dark, a really dark place like a, maybe a theater or a, a, a building, and you go outside and, the, and there's bright sunshine. Does that make you feel comfortable? Or do you have to squint and look at the light? You know, the reason why the righteous won't be destroyed is because they have drawn closer and closer and gotten to the light gradually. And they're able to adjust to that. But the wicked have hidden in the darkness. And you turn on the light all at once. I used to live in Florida. And uh, that's a very different experience than Wisconsin. When I lived in Florida, I had an apartment and... um, I would sometimes get up. Have you ever gotten up at night and you need a drink? Has that ever happened to you? And I would walk from the bedroom into the to kitchen and I would flip on the light. Guess what? Roaches would scurry. And you say, oh, that's pretty gross. You must have been dirty. No, everybody in Florida has roaches. I guarantee it. No matter how poor or rich you are, they're everywhere in Florida. But they would scurry into the cracks and crevices because they were afraid of the light. We don't want to be spiritual cockroaches, do we? Let's allow God's light to come into us and illuminate us and make us brighter and brighter and brighter. You know, what we're told is that Christ's second coming, that those who are believing in him and are ready for his arrival, they will shine. Their faces will shine. It reminds me of when Moses spent time with God and came down from the mountain. He was aglow because he had been in God's presence. You ever seen somebody that's just aglow because they're in love? Have you seen that? Have you seen that before? They just, they just light up. As soon as you mention this person's name, wow. They, they're so excited. Just, just thinking about that person excites them. And they're all aglow with love. That's how we need to be when Christ comes back for Jesus. Brighter and brighter and brighter. Now let's go back to the Old Testament, back to John. He's one of my favorite Bible writers, by the way. John chapter 8. We're going to look at verses 31 and 32. John 8, 31 and 32. So, Jesus was saying... Now, who is this saying again? Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you, will, you are truly disciples of mine. So it's not enough for us, my friends, today. We need to understand it's not enough for us to just accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. But we must accept Jesus Christ as our Lord as well. So we fall in love with him, but we've got to continue to be in love with him. Amen? It's not enough to fall in love with Jesus once and say, well... There you go. I was in love with him once, so I'm good. Right? 
How many of you ladies like to hear I love you on a regular basis from your husbands? I'm not trying to put you guys on the spot, but we don't say it enough. You know, I think if we have the attitude of, well, I told her once and I haven't changed my mind, that's bad. Don't have that attitude. We need to continue in the love of Christ, my friends. Not just accept him once and accept the gift of salvation, but accept the the lordship that Christ has for us in our lives. That's how we find out if we're really disciples, my friends. And then he goes on in verse 32 to say, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You know, part of the deception that the devil has is he, he is the father of lies. And there's lots of them out there nowadays. And I think he makes up new ones every day. Devises ways of evil. You know, if we won't accept this as the truth, he'll, he'll give us over to a lie. There's lots of people that allow that to take place. There are a growing number of people that are becoming atheists in this country. It's spread like a wildfire across Europe. There are people, now you might not think this is true, but it is. There are people that are born and raised in the United States of America, who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ before. God has given us a light. And as Seventh-day Adventists, I believe he's given us even more light than your average Christian. That light, my friends, sets us free from the delusions and deceptiveness of Satan. Let's go to John chapter 12, verse 46. John 12, 46. In my Bible, these letters are, these words are in red indicating to me that these are the words of Jesus. And he says, I have come as light into the world. Why? Light. Because this place is dark, my friends. I have come as light into the world so that everyone, do you see it there? Everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. You know, there's no reason for us any longer. There's no excuse for us any longer to live in the darkness of this world when God has sent his only son into this world to give us the light from on high. To set us free from the delusions and the deceptions of the devil. 
He himself has come into this world to be the light of the world. For everyone, my friends. Does that mean Muslims? Jesus is the light for Muslims? Yes. Jesus is the light for atheists? Yes. Jesus is the light for Satanists? Yes. There's no one that's not included in that everyone. It's an inclusive statement. My friends, don't limit the light. You know, I can't help but think about when my wife and I were, we were in a cavern. You ever been in a cavern? There's one called the Cathedral Cavern down in Alabama. And it's uh, ranked in the top five for formations. And they take you back in there about a mile or so into the cavern. And when you get down there, they have everybody gather around. And then you know what they do? They turn out the lights. And then about 30 seconds goes by. And I mean, you can't, there's, there's absolutely no light whatsoever. And then the tour guide strikes a match, just one match. And holds it up. And this cavern that we're in, this part of the cavern is probably about four times the size of this sanctuary. And that one match lights up that whole place. It doesn't take much light for us to light up the darkness. You see, darkness doesn't push away light. Light pushes away the darkness. It flees and it it wants to escape. So I'm going to close with one last text. Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 23. How do we know that this word of God is the light that God has given to us to guide us? For the commandment is a lamp. And the teaching is light. And he reproofs for, dis- for discipline. Uh, uh, and hit, and, I'm sorry. And reproofs or discipline are the way of life. You know, I used to think of the commandments as a list of don'ts. You ever thought, thought about it that way? You come into the church and it seems to be, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. But I've come to see the commandments in a different light. I've come to see them as God's hedge of protection for those that believe. And if you'll stay within that hedge of protection that God provides to to you, he will protect you and keep you. But if you choose to wander outside of that hedge of protection, you're on your own, my friends. Let's not wander outside of that hedge, shall we? Let's 
live while we have the light with us. Let's walk in a way that we understand that we're living in the last days. We're living in a light that's been given to us through Jesus Christ and his holy word. And that we live in a dark place that needs that light so desperately. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for the light of life. Thank you for the freedom that comes with that light, Lord, being set free. And Lord, I pray that we would not just accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, but that we would embrace him as our Lord as well. Help us to live as people who walk in the light. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen.